You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. I feel like this is the beginning of like the first week of 2023 to me. Like, like the holiday kind of uh, hangover is over, I guess. So now we're just ready to kind of get back into things. So here we are. Glad we're together. I want to volunteer to read this passage from Luke 3. And I want you to use a microphone, okay? So that we can hear you and so that people on Zoom can hear you too. Any volunteers to read this brief passage here, eight verses? I'll do it. Hi, Jess. Great, I'll stand because I already did that. Um, this is Luke three fifteen through 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, And because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jess. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Today's theophany. God reveals God's self to humanity, and we celebrate it by remembering and observing the baptism of Jesus. Just a quick time out. God reveals God's self to God's humanity. God reveals God's self to humanity a lot during this season. Christmas, Epiphany, and Theophany all celebrate that. So here we are on Theophany. Luke gave it to us today. And he, he, did, he did this right after. He introduces the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who's up here from Advent still, is making a way for the Lord and clearing paths for him And as he was doing this, he baptized those who repented. (coughs) Now, John comes from the wilderness, the periphery, the marginalized area to make a way for the Lord. He is looking for people with prepared hearts to follow Jesus as he brings the kingdom of God. Now, as he does this, he's leaving a very strong impression on the people listening to him. And they begin to think of him as a Messiah figure. This speaks to the hope that this man brings 
Because the people who are getting baptized are looking for a hope and salvation and freedom. And a reminder to us that we move with those moved by the Holy Spirit. We move with those moved by the Holy Spirit. We don't try to convince those who aren't ready. Evangelism then means looking for people who are looking for God. It doesn't mean trying to convince people who aren't trying to find God. That's a recipe for a fight. We're looking for people who are looking for God. John's looking for people with prepared hearts, ready to repent. And there's a lot of people like that. So the hope that John brings has him considered a Messiah figure. But John seizes this mischaracterization to clarify who he is. Something exciting is happening back there. And look, two moms are thrilled too. The baptism of John is unique from the one that Jesus offers, though. John says he baptizes them with water, but one with more power than him will arrive. John creates a power hierarchy here, noting that Jesus is the one whom he serves, whom he is not even worthy to, 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 to serve. He can't even untie his sandals. He can't even perform this um, task that would even be beneath someone's dignity. Where John's radical humility and self-debasement is in line with the sect of Judaism he's in, or that we think he's in, the Essenes who are marked for their humility. These are people who um, took vows of poverty and lived in, lived in the wilderness and so on. You know, you can compare them to like monks today. And that is a specific group with a specific conviction. You know, I remember when we, this is a long time ago, I, I, saw, I, I saw, I think right on Kensington Avenue, um, the raw tools thing is going, and, 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 and Shane, our friend Shane, is involved in that. Um, and I remember a long time ago, feels like a long time ago, people were like taking vows of poverty and trying to live simply and trying to live in community. And Circle of Hope really had a lot of that going on. Um, and I think we still have some of that spirit in some sense, you know, but, but we're gifted in different ways. You know, some of, some of us do live that simply, do live with that humility, you know. And that's not to say if you don't, you're wrong or something. But this is, John was kind of that person, you know. And on the other hand, I would say, one of the reasons I say not all of us are called to do that is because Jesus didn't really live like that, um, in, my, in my opinion, you know. He was noted for all the drinking and eating he was doing and, and, uh, um, and so on. So he's a drunkard and glutton, and John the Baptist is like a guy that never eats. So like different cats. Anyway. John is part of the Essenes who are marched for their humility. They're simple, they're celibate, they have strict diets. John's humility makes way for Jesus' glory, and John may not live to see that. John contrasts himself with Jesus in terms of baptism, right? There's something more powerful that's coming from the Spirit and fire. And with his baptism, he's going to separate the wheat and the chaff. The outer layer of wheat is the chaff, and it gets burned. Like the actual wheat grain 
has chaff on the outside and it gets burned. The inside is the, is, is, is the wheat. Um, all refined grains basically remove the outer shell of it. You know, did you, ever, did you ever, like a grain of rice, for example? Brown rice has stuff around it. That's why it takes forever to cook. And then once you get to the insides, it can cook real fast, right? So like white rice does that. And we have the same thing with like flour and other simple grains like that. Um, the, the, the fire is refining the wheat. It's separating the wheat and the chaff. The good stuff remains. It's used for food and nourishment. And Jesus has a winnowing fork in his hand, and he picks up the wheat and he separates the grain and the chaff. And this is a metaphor for us to grapple with now. Is Jesus separating people? Is he casting some into an unquenchable fire? Many commentators suggest this. But I think that Jesus, as I I consider this, is purifying us whether we like it or not. He takes the good from us and he burns the bad. That's a good thing to do in the new year. Leave behind what you don't want to, what you need to leave behind. Take with you what's new, what's good, what lasted. That's a painful process to go through that. Discipleship is painful, but that's what following Jesus requires. Jesus is going to transform each of us into our fullest and truest self and transform the church in the same way. The revelator says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Salvation for the whole world is coming, but not without a cost. He'll burn the chaff, cut us like a sword. Jesus will redeem all of us, but John offers us a less painful path towards restoration. Repentance. You don't have to wait for the wheat and the chaff to be separated. Forgiveness is the currency in which the divine economy operates. That's a release and people are restored. We can participate in that now. We can elect to participate in that now. But eventually God will move us. John's baptism of water purifies us before the coming of the judgment of Jesus. If you go back further, like 10 through 14, which we're not going to do tonight exactly, Jesus is bringing the judgment. John is bringing the judgment of Jesus. He's calling people to repent. He's warning people when repentance comes and it will come, be prepared. For Jesus, it takes fighting a war against evil for us to be saved. But Jesus does war with sin and death. But before, sorry, before Jesus does war with sin and death, we can save ourselves from the coming wrath with faith. Repent and be baptized, John the Baptist is saying. Death and love will come for all of us, but we'll be redeemed. This time for repentance, this, the time for repentance is coming for everyone. God will purify us all. But it's coming to Israel specifically. And what follows is an example of that. 
You know, it was interesting that we read, we sang the song about Pharaoh tonight, opening song, Wes Ledison, is that right? And Pharaoh is the one after God's people, and Pharaoh is going to be drowned, and Pharaoh is going to face the wrath of God. But here in, in Luke and in the, synopt, in, in the Gospels, Israel is the one that might face the wrath of God. Israel is going to be purified. Luke tells us that John continued to proclaim the good news to the people. And the above is good news. Judgment and repentance is the motif, the coming of Jesus. That's good news. It's good news for the oppressed, for the poor, and for all of us. Jesus, following Jesus is good news for everyone, and having our wheat and chaff separated is good news. John calls us to repentance, and then the narrative pauses, and then we get an example of that. Herod is called to repentance because he married his brother's wife. And more than that, all of the evil things. A historian, Josephus, notes that the main reason John was thrown into prison because he was seen as a political dissident who would cause a rebellion. John bows to no ruler but God, and Jesus specifically. And Luke puts this in a peculiar order, because before we return to John's baptism of the Lord, we get to John's baptism of the Lord, but before we get there, we see an application of John's ministry. By rebuking Herod, he offers him an opportunity to repent. But Herod doesn't take it. The portion of this passage showcases an important idea, and it's so important that Luke interrupts himself to make this point. And it demonstrates a rejection of the opportunity that John offers us. I want to go back to the theophany here. In repentance, in separating the wheat and the chaff, we're helping to showcase God to the world, in our bodies and in our lives and in our churches. We're the church, we're the body of Christ. You, yeah, you, us, right here, are a theophany in and of ourselves. Jesus enters the picture now, and just like all the other people who are baptized, he acts like the others. Jesus, who John extolled to have matchless power, Supreme above John, above, above the world. Becomes just like everyone else. That's the story of the incarnation. That's the story of the gospel. Jesus comes to earth to be like us. To relate to us. To bring heaven here. And he begins his ministry in the same way that we all do. We're baptized. Jesus is humbling himself here. And in other accounts, this humility is more pronounced. When he is baptized, he prays. And Luke says the only gospel where the theophany happens. Heaven opens up and the spirit descends. Just like Jesus has. Celebrates. Heaven celebrates in a voice of God. A voice, his father's, names him as son. His beloved. The one in whom he is well pleased. The utterance is a commissioning of Jesus into ministry. A sending of Jesus there's two t- 
phrases in the Old Testament that it borrows from. Psalm 2, 7. I will tell the decree of the Lord. He said, to, he said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And the other from Isaiah 42, where the pro, where king is commissioned and then a prophet is commissioned. Here is my servant whom I upheld, my chosen one in whom I delight. Jesus is being commissioned as a prophet and a king. He has his eyes set towards heaven and he begins his work. That's what repentance is about. That's, what forgive, that's, that's how the forgiveness of sins occurs. That God is well pleased with us. God is pleased because Jesus participates in this ritual purification. God is pleased when we transform through God's power. And that's the thing I want to emphasize. Repentance is not just about our will to change. It's not just about our desire to change. It is about faith that God will change us. That's when we turn. God will move us. We don't need to have it all together. We simply need to make a decision to follow, and God will help us. Our faithfulness to God is about our own humility, like John the Baptist and Jesus demonstrate and not our ability, not our ability to change, but our humility, not even just our belief. We can then move with the Spirit, even when the cost seems high or difficult. Jesus and Jesus, John and Jesus' call is to turn, receive the blessing, and, rec- and begin the journey. The starts of our lives with Jesus, or our continuation of life with Jesus, doesn't have to be complete. We don't have to have everything sorted. Hmm. But if we desire, or even if we desire to desire, we're being good and faithful servants. So when it comes to matters of like anti-racism, LGBT inclusion, even prayer, even worship, Your desire and will matters much more than your ability to be faithful. Faithfulness and outcomes matter. And will help us, and God will help us in those times and those moments. That's our prayer. But our desire and our will also matter. Looking for people with that will and with that desire matters. We want people that are seeking that sort of transformation or desiring it. We don't save them because that's the work of God, but we invite and we encourage and we share good news with them. We have an opportunity to offer people a new way of being and living. Amen. Let's do prayer and then some talk back, shall we? Lord, be with us. May, may you be pleased with us too as we turn to follow you and may we, may we be reminded to do that even daily. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.